Okay, good morning everybody. It's, uh, it's so good to hear this real buzz of conversation. I love it, the fact that we're, we want to speak to each other, don't we? We want to connect with each other. It's uh, the summer's over, maybe nearly, and we're back together. There's things to catch up on. I, and I just love that sense of the feel of family, the feel of being together, the feel that we love one another. And that love comes from God, doesn't it? I think we are loved by God and he expresses that to each other through, through us. Amazing thing, isn't it? It's great to have that buzz of conversation. Um, my name is Jem. I'm one of the elders here at the church. It's great to be able to speak to you this morning. We're going to be looking at a passage from a book in the Bible called The Gospel of John. And that's in the New Testament. If you haven't got a Bible and you'd like one, there are some on the windowsills. You can find one or ask someone to pass you one if you don't have a Bible. But it's always helpful to have maybe the Bible, the words in front of you as we read them, as you look at them, because um, God speaks through his word. And um, I can communicate some stuff, but as you're reading it, God will be communicating to you as well. So it's always helpful just to have the Bible open in front of you if you have one. Um, so the words we're looking at today are Jesus' words from John chapter 14. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 13, verse 12, sorry. Um, here we go. These are the words of Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered. Oh, sorry, I missed a bit out, haven't I? A huge chunk out. See, no one picked me up on that, did they? Oh, that's why it's important to have the Bible in front of you, open and reading. If I go and prepare a place for you from verse 3, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, just show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, and the Father, don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. This passage contains some phrases and words and pictures that may be very familiar to some of us, especially if you are a follower of Jesus. In fact, a few years back, I used this very passage and these words about Jesus preparing a place and preparing a room in his father's house to bring comfort to someone who was dying. 
they had cancer and they were in a position where they knew that was going to happen and they were dying. And certainly these words can be very profoundly comforting, can't they, in the face of death, both to those who are dying and to those who are facing the death of a loved one. Very comforting picture. Jesus is preparing a place for you. This is not the end. But this text is not only about life after death. It's a text that has everything to do with our lives here and now. Because this passage also contains the words, don't you, that we've often been quoted to us, probably, and often quoted by us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But often we use those words as just a one-off statement, as a bit of a mantra, almost a command almost, an emphasis, often be used as a trump card, or worse, as a threat sometimes, to tell people that they better get with the program, and they better accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior in order to be saved. And we just use those words. But those words are often quoted out of context. Without understanding the context, I think, of this picture of God preparing a place for us. Without understanding why Jesus is saying to his followers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We miss, I think, a wonderful and liberating message that the world needs to hear. That our hope, not only in the next life, but also in this life, is in Jesus. Our hope in the next life and in this life is only to be found in Jesus. The summer is a funny period, isn't it? We're away for a lot of the time. We're on holiday. We have a break from work. It can be a long period. People get exam results, don't they, over the summer, A-levels, GCSEs. And it's often a time when we start to come back to September where things, oh, I've got to get back to work. I've got to get back to school. I may be even starting a new university, a new school. I may even be starting a new job. I may even have moved over the summer because that's when a lot of people move. And it can throw up all sorts of anxieties, can't it? It can throw up all sorts of uncertainties about what's going to happen. Especially sometimes in the light of your exam results, you think, goodness me, what am I going to do now? Well, I'm going to university, I've been prepared for this, but I'm not sure what's going to lie ahead. I need to get ready. Imagine there's been a lot of preparing going on over this weekend stuff, for getting ready for school. Where's my school bag? Where's my school shoes? I know my school shoes are a little bit too small. We need to get some new ones. It's been a lot of preparing, don't they? Because we're going into a new season, it feels very often, doesn't it, when we come back from the summer. This is a new season, a new thing's happening. And often in church life, it can feel the same. We have a break over the summer. Nev's been on sabbatical for three months. He's had the joy of not having to think about and planning for all sorts of things, but he suddenly comes back on Friday. And it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I've got all these emails. I've got all these things to plan for. Oh my goodness, I need to start getting into it again. And it throws up sort of anxiety and worry and we start to get back into things. It seems like there's a new phase of life. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's preparing his followers his close family of, of, of people who followed him for a long time for the next phase that's going to happen. The context, or the setting, if you like, is Jesus' farewell address. He's saying goodbye to his followers. He's doing it, I think, something called the Last Supper, which some of you may know about. That happened just previously in the book of John, where Jesus breaks bread and takes wine with his followers. And he's, and he's preparing, he's speaking to them. At this. this is his farewell address. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet and, and told them what that means. 
He's foretold his betrayal by Judas. And Judas has slipped out into the night to go and bring the Romans to arrest Jesus. He's told his disciples that he will only be with them just a very short time longer. And then where he's going, they won't be able to go to. Not right now. He's leaving them. And also immediately before these words, he foretells Peter's denial. The one who stands up and is like, come on, this is our amazing follower. He tells of Peter's denial immediately before these words. So this is the context of where Jesus comes in. He says, so they're really troubled, aren't they? They're really in trouble in turmoil. Their beloved teacher is leaving them. One of their own has turned against them. And this well-known leader and the strong man who's led them as well is said to be on the cusp of a great failure of loyalty. He's about to betray the very person that he's been following and standing up for for so long. It feels like the ground is shifting beneath their feet. And Jesus, saying all this, he wants to prepare them for it. He wants to prepare them for it by encouraging them, I think, by telling them of their hope for the future and their hope for now. And this hope for the future and this hope for now still lies in Jesus. They've been following Jesus, and now he's going, preparing them for it. He says, don't worry, because the hope I've got for you lies in me. The hope of, of your future lies in me, but also the hope for your life now lies in me as well. And I think, wow, how's that possible? Jesus is going, he's leaving them. How's this going to be possible? Jesus responds to this anxiety and he responds to our anxiety and turmoil and fear of future and now by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Great phrase, isn't it? Do not let your hearts be troubled. And why? Because he then immediately says, I believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus calls them back to this fundamental relationship of trust and assures them that he's not abandoning them. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus sees, you know, we sometimes have minor worries, don't we, and anxieties about certain things. But this is, this is something deeper. This is a real turmoil of, of faith and life and hope that's going on. Jesus, says, Jesus can see that their hearts are troubled. It's not just that they've got some, wrong, some thinking going on in their head about things, but that whole turmoil that's going on in their life is affecting their hearts. It's affecting who they are, the core of their being. They're facing this wonderful... Or well, he's actually commanding their hearts in an interesting in a way. He's commanding their hearts. He's not saying to them, you work out why you should not, why you should not worry. He's commanding their hearts and saying, do not... Hearts, do not be troubled. The very core of your being, do not be troubled by what's going on. Do not be troubled by what I've just said. Do not be troubled by the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm only with you for a short while. Do not be troubled by the fact that someone is going to betray me. Do not be troubled by the fact that one of you is going to massively step up, fall away from me. Don't be troubled because I'm going to still be with you. And, he's, and he gives his hope for the future and he gives them hope for the present. Hope for the future, he says, he's returning to the Father, which is a good news for them. 
In speaking of where Jesus is going, he's going to be with his father. He assures his disciples, he assures you and me, that this is also their destination if they, still, if they believe in God and believe in Jesus. This is your final destination. Jesus says, there are many dwellings or many rooms in my father's house. And we think of a house, don't we, as a little house, unless you've got a massive mansion. And if you have, we're all coming around for tea. But, yeah, majority of us don't live in a massive mansion, do we? We maybe have one spare room if we're lucky to allow people to come and stay. But Jesus has got a massive house. It's not like the house we understand. And what he's really talking about is God's kingdom. He's not talking about a physical house. He's talking about a preparing a place in God's kingdom. And he says, I'm going ahead to prepare a place. There are many places for people in God's kingdom. There are many places where you can come and live in God's kingdom. He goes to prepare this place for them so they will be with him and they'll dwell with him and with the Father, this intimate relationship. So he says, I'm going ahead and this is the place you're going to go to as well. But I need to go ahead and I need to prepare it. God's house is large, it's huge, space. Like you book a hotel and, um, or book a flight. Matt and Helen booked a flight recently. And, how, and there weren't enough seats, were there? <laughs> there were so many seats, but they'd overbooked the seats. So when you got there, you said, you can't have a seat. God's house is not like that. He has enough space. He's never going to run out of that space for you that says you can't come in because it's already too full. There's a place for you, and I go and prepare this place for you. Why can we trust God? Well, this is God's house. Hebrews talks about Jesus being the head of God's house, the head of his family. Jesus is it's the householder. He's the house owner. And he's making a room for you. It's not a hotel where you can just go and stay for a short while. It's God's house. God's house. And we are his children. If you're children, you live with the Father in his house. If you're a child of God, you will be living with him. It's very spacious. As I said, he won't run out of rooms. And there is a room designed for each of the 11 disciples that Jesus is speaking to. Even Peter, who he knows is going to reject him. Even Peter, who's going to fall away. He says, I'm going to prepare a room for you, Peter, as well. It's going to be ready for you. Don't let your heart be troubled what I've just said, that you're going to let me down. Because I'm going to prepare a room for you anyway. That's why I need to go. I need to go and prepare a room. If you trust him. So Peter and all of us who follow Jesus so imperfectly, don't let this anxiety about, oh, am I going to let Jesus down? Oh, am I going to do this again? How, how can I get over this problem? Don't let this turmoil cause us to miss Jesus. Because Jesus says, believe in me, trust me, trust God. You will have a place in his house if you believe and trust in Jesus and you believe and trust in the Father. <coughs> Jesus says, yes, I am leaving you. No, you can't come with me now. Yes, you will be scattered this night when they strike me. And I will go to the cross. I will do this work alone. But don't let your sorrow, don't let your fear, don't let your shame produce an anxiety and turmoil in your soul. Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust me. Trust God. Why? Because there will be a place for you in my father's house. As my father's children forever. The promise of the future hope 
because Jesus is going to be with the Father. He's going to prepare a place for you. He's going to prepare a room for you in his Father's house where you will go and be with Jesus if you believe, trust, and follow him. Even if you might let him down. Even as we know we're imperfect, Jesus prepares a place for you. Turn about your room at home. What's your room like? Would you like Jesus to go into your room? Is it cluttered? Would you like anyone to go into your room, actually? Never mind. Uh, you know, you've got many things lying around, people, things people you don't want to see. Don't you? Sometimes I know people have cleaners going to clean their house. But they have to clean the house before the cleaner comes in. Because there are things they don't want them to see. And we can be like that, can't we? And we know that sometimes in, in, our, in our lives, there's stuff we just think, Jesus, if you knew what was in my heart, you knew what was in my room, you wouldn't want to go in there and clear it out. You want to go in there and be touched by it. Jesus says, no, I'm going ahead to prepare an individual room for you. Let's talk about an individual dwelling place that's perfect and right for you. I'm going ahead. My death is going to clear away the sin, the rubbish, the clutter that's in your life. So this room is prepared for you. This room is prepared for you. You don't need to worry and worry and be anxious about your sin because I'm going to deal with it on the cross. That's why I'm going ahead. It's my father's house. I'm preparing a way. I'm clearing the clutter out so that your room will be perfect for you. You can dwell in that room forever with me if you believe me, if you trust me that what I do on the cross is for your good, if you trust me that I'm going to be the Father for your good. I love it when we visit my um, sister-in-law's house. Um, there's usually some chocolate or a little gift on the pillow tailored to my tastes, tailored to Susie's tastes. Sometimes I swap because I'm like... But normally it's tailored to our taste. There's, there's towels laid out. You know, it feels maybe a little bit like a hotel, but it's not. Because it's not, there's thought gone into it. There's thought gone into preparing this room. It's my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's house. It's where they live. You know, it's their room. It's the, they own it. But for that moment, it feels like this is my room. There's space for me to put clothes. There's space. There's, there's gifts there for me. The room's been cleaned and prepared. It looks lovely. And not just that, there's often a meal when you arrive. There's a warm, welcoming hug. And it feels like you're coming home. Even though it's not your house, it's their house. You feel home. You feel you're coming home. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, this, you're coming home to me. I have to go ahead and prepare. I've been with you for a while, he's saying to his followers. But I'm going ahead to prepare this wonderful home for you. You're going to come and this room is going to be ready. It's going to be perfect for you. I'm going to clear away all the clutter. Why? Because I'm going ahead of you. I'm going ahead on the cross. There's this wonderful picture of the hope for the future. And that sounds great, doesn't it? But what does that mean for us now, the disciples are thinking? Hang on a minute. Jesus says they know the way to the place where he's going. But Thomas... Like a lot of the characters in the gospel takes Jesus quite literally. He wants directions and a road map. He wants a plan laid out. If I do this, 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 and this, and this, this, then I can go to be where you are. If I know the place there, if I can see it, touch it, then I can be there. 
And interestingly, Thomas, this is probably the same Thomas who, when Jesus had been raised from the dead, said, I won't believe until I see the wounds in his hands and the things in his heart. He, he wants to see it. He needs to know. It could be like a lot of us, can't we? We need to know. Come on, I need to know now. Let's see this now. And Jesus responds by saying, yeah, well, the famous words that we know. This is the words of encouragement. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this promise by Je- this, these words by Jesus are a promise. They're a word of comfort to his disciples, not a command. Not a, a dogmatic statement, but these are meant as a words of encouragement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus himself is all they need. There is no need to panic, no need to search desperately to find a way. No need to work harder, no need to, to work to think we need to be better to get to this place that God has prepared for us. He says, in other words, I go to prepare a place for you. And as I go, I become the way that you get there. I've cleared out all the stuff for you. I am the truth that you hold on to to get there. Believe in me. Trust in me, Jesus says. I am the truth that will get you there. You don't need a map. Believe in me. Trust in me. And I am the, I am the life. The eternal life that you'll enjoy when you get there. But also the pattern of life that you are to live now. I am the life. We often use that as saying, yes, Jesus gives you eternal life, but it starts with life now. I give you life. Jesus says, when I go to prepare a place for you, it means I open the way. And I am the way. So through his death on the cross, he opens a way to come to know, to go God, to not let our hearts be troubled because we can believe in Jesus and what he's done. But he also is the way. So believing in him, trusting in him, is the way the place that the Father's preparing, where Jesus is preparing. <laughs> I confirm the truth, because I am the truth. And I purchase the life through the cross, and I am that life. So, like for Peter and the other disciples, and for you and I, we don't need to have anxiety or distress that we are imperfect, that we are unworthy followers of Jesus. Our sin does not mean that our place in God's household will be unavailable or unsuitable. Jesus goes to per- way to the Father. As I said, he makes our room not only suit- available but suitable. And then he says, if you know me, you will know my Father. That's what he's talking about. I am the way. If you know me, you know the Father. I'm the way to know God because I am God. You've seen me, you've seen God. I am the truth about God. You want to know the truth about God? Look at me, because I am God. I am the truth about God. I reveal God to you. Excuse me. <coughs> if you know me, you will know my Father as well. And Jesus says, doesn't he, in this passage, from now on, you, will, you'll, you do know him and have seen him. Astonishing thing to say. Disciples, all they wanted was to know God. And Jesus says to them, you have seen him. It's in me. I am the way to the Father because I am God. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then we get another of disciples, don't we? 
And so Thomas has said, yeah, I don't know where to go. Thomas says, don't worry. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Look to me. Follow me. Philip says, well, Lord, just show us the Father. That's all we need. We don't need you to go away. We don't need you to leave us and abandon us. Just show us the Father, and we'll be happy. We'll be satisfied. And Jesus goes, I've just said to you, look at me. How long have I been with you? Do you know me? I am. The Father and I are one. If you see me, you've seen the Father. No one has ever seen God. It says it's God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart. Beginning of Gospel of John. But it says, no one has seen the Father, but the Son has. Believe in me. Jesus, who has come from the Father, is now returning there. That's what he's talking about. It's the fullest revelation. Jesus is the fullest revelation of the person and character of God. If you want to know who God is, we need to look no further than Jesus. Our hearts don't need to be troubled. All the words that Jesus has spoken, all the works that he's done come from God. And that's what Jesus says to me, believe me. And if you don't believe, just believe in the works that I've done, this passage talks about. They show that I come from the Father. They show that I reveal the Father to you. But still Jesus was going away, wasn't he? And you can say, well, Jem, yes, great. Very like with um, Philip and say, just show us Jesus and we'll be happy. Just show us and we'll be happy. Just show us the Father, Philip says, and I'll be happy. I said, well, just show us Jesus because Jesus isn't here physically. I can't see Jesus. He's not here. Disciples might have felt a bit, a bit the same, but you're going away. What do you mean? How can we still see you? How can we still see the Father if you're going? If you say you and the Father are one, and you say we see you, we see the Father, but now you're going. How can we still know? It's great that we've got a future ahead, but what about now? What about right now? How can you help us now? You went away. You were there. And when you were there, God was there. But now you're gone. So where, where, where are you? Where's God? But even in this, God the Father and the Son have prepared. they prepared. They've gone ahead. They know what's going to happen. they prepared so that our hearts should not be troubled by this. They should not be troubled by the fact that we can't physically see Jesus with us. <coughs> and that's the encouragement for us now. Jesus knows about this. Yes, he's gone ahead. He's going to prepare a place for us. It's going to be perfect. For every one of us who believes and trusts in Jesus, no matter what our background, that's, you trust in him, your room is prepared. The place is going to go and Jesus is going to come back and get you. But how do we stay? This is the life. How do we live that life now? Well, it's a bit later on in the same sort of passage, the same bit, bit of John, in the same conversation, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He dwells with you and will be in you. And no longer would Jesus be an external, physical person, but the presence of God will be in you through the Holy Spirit. This comforter, this helper that comes to be with you. He leads us into truth. He dwells with you and will be in you. I am with you now physically, Jesus says, and I will be with you spiritually when the Spirit comes. 
And don't let your hearts be troubled. This next phase is going to be challenging, but I'm still going to be with you. I'm going to be with you in a new way. It's going to be a way that is just going to be amazing and powerful. The Spirit of God dwells in you if you believe and follow Jesus. The presence of God is with us through the Spirit living in us, the Spirit of Christ. It's not the second coming, although that will be glorious. This is now. He's gone away physically so that he can be near to all of us now by his Spirit. This passage has everything to do with life here and now because Jesus entrusts his mission to his disciples. What was his mission? Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. With the person I went through these words with when they were in the hospital, it wasn't just a comforting picture. Here's a lovely house. There's going to be a lovely room. It wasn't that sort of idea, but it's the truth that bring, brought them to a place of belief and faith in Jesus. He, he, he could see the place where Jesus was going and he and knew Jesus had prepared a place for him. And it led him to a place of trust and belief in Jesus at that moment. So that however long the rest of his life was, he had the assurance of God with him and the presence of Jesus with him. Which is extraordinary, isn't it? John, right at the end of his gospel, says that all he has written is that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus is right now more interested in and more caring about your parenting, your marriage, your singleness, your failing health, your job, your next phase at university, your next school life than you can imagine. Jesus didn't come as an observer. The Holy Spirit doesn't come as someone looking in from outside. But the Holy Spirit came as a helper. A helper to bring faith and trust and belief in Jesus. For those of his disciples who were struggling and finding it hard, Jesus prepared a place for them and assured them of that place. And he says, I'm doing it now. I'm sending my helper to know and lead you to that place, to believe in me, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit will lead you to me and point you to me. He's a helper to find, help us find faith and trust in God. Band, maybe you want to start to come up. We're going to spend a bit more time in worship. As we struggle with the future of our children, maybe, as we struggle sometimes with loneliness, as we maybe can't seem to see the plan and way ahead that God has for us, Jesus comes to us by his spirit. He assures us, as he was assuring his followers of a place with him. He assures us of his presence with us right now, bringing encouragement and trust and faith and strengthening and hope and bringing life. He assures us of how we can continue to live with him and for him, be able to obey his teaching. And stand firm in the face of temptation. Not because we are strong and resourceful, but because he has gone ahead of us. He will come back for us and is with us. That's the encouragement of this passage. Jesus promises to be with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
to work in and through us to accomplish his purposes in the world, which is to make the Father and Jesus known. This is the message that we need to believe on, and this is the message our neighbours, our friends, our colleagues, our workmates, our, our fellow students at school and university, they need to hear this. Jesus has made known, if you know Jesus and follow him, Jesus has made known to us the heart of God. And he's entrusted that mission to us. Just as God had made room for us, just God's hospitality, his love and compassion in showing such hospitality to us, in preparing this wonderful room, in going ahead, clearing out the clutter, the rubbish, clearing that way to this room that Jesus has prepared for us. Just as Jesus has done that, we want to carry on that work, he says. You will do the same work as me. Preparing a place, helping people to come to see Jesus. And we do that with the company and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. So just as this wonderful hospitality of God in opening his home to us, let us do the same. Let us be prepared to open our lives and our homes to others so they too can know they have a place with Jesus, so they know and can, and can see the gospel, so they can experience the presence and power of God in them through the power of the Holy Spirit working through us as God's people. Where is it in our homes and our lives God is working and we want others to see that? Let's be open. Let our lives be open. Let our homes be open so people can see the work of Jesus in us our perfection because we know we're not perfect not the lounge that we allow people into <laughs> that's, that's always kept perfect but the, the, the whole of our life the kitchen where the mess is all around those sort of rooms and places our lives where God is working where God is bringing hope where God is bringing faith for us we want to open our lives and our hearts and our homes to people like that they can know the wonderful healing presence and power of Jesus the faith and hope brings for the future but also the hope for now the life we can live let me just pray and just spend a bit of time worship oh Jesus we thank you so much for these comforting words that you spoke to your disciples words that speak of our assured place with you if we believe and trust in you place in your kingdom a glorious dwelling with you and with others who know and love you a place you've made perfect for us by your death your sacrifice on the cross and thank you thank you jesus that you said i'm going but i'm going to leave you not as orphans but i'm going to send another helper comforter the holy spirit in fact he's he's, he's me he's my spirit He's going to help you. He's going to lead you in faith. He's going to lead you in belief. He's going to help you do the works that I have done, says Jesus. He's going to help you bring this message of the, the knowledge of Jesus and the Father 
Help us to be those who are hospitable with others. Help us to open our homes and lives so that people can see you.